0: for those that are new in particular, to say that tonight's very unusual. It's probably been about six months or so since we've done what we're doing tonight, which is uh, instead of a a Dharma talk, uh, which is a talk about the path and the practice, um, it's open to whatever questions might be in the room, whatever inquiry you might have about your practice and bringing your practice into daily life. It's particularly nice for me because for those that hear regularly, you know there's all these lights coming down on me and I look around, I can barely see anybody. Now tonight, I really get to see you. So I feel more part of things, which I really like. And I'm very interested in hearing whatever you might have as a question. And I know it's a little um, scary sometimes too, because we're gonna be asking you to step up and go, to, come to a mic and so on, but just trust that whatever you ask, and I've seen this so many times, it's of benefit to other people. If you're wondering it, other people are wondering it too. So um, if you will, in terms of protocol, um, say your name and just whatever's on your mind, we'll keep it somewhat succinct, not to go into a lot of background and personal story because that won't get us as clearly to um, really exploring what's most alive for you, okay? part of the practice on these nights is to explore a mindful listening, what it's like to listen to others and listen to the dialogue and keep checking in and sensing your own response or reactivity or what's going on for you. Uh, it can become an interesting practice. Okay, so anybody willing to begin to um, come up for, uh, aha, thank you.
1: I want to say thank you so much, Tara. Um, My teacher told me about this group, and this is my second time here. My my name is Bobby. So basically, I'm in the process of changing, uh, letting go of some friends who are really false friends, and it's kind of hard. It's like I'm attached to certain people, and I know that it's not good for me to spend time with them because together, we lead each other into bad directions. It's hard.
0: Hmm. so
1: i don't know i don't know what the question in there is but (laughs)
0: let me make sure i heard you first of all I, i want to really honor that you're here for the second time and you had the courage to come up with a question so a big bow to you and for everyone feels the same thing that's very cool and what i'm hearing and let me see if i got it right is that there's something shifting in your sense of who you are that makes it so you're getting that it's not so healthy to choose to spend time in the same ways and with the same people. Exactly. And it's hard to let go. So there's, because there's some attachment there also. Can you say what it is that makes it most hard? What's the thing that you most don't want to let go of or most afraid of or most want to hang on to?
1: So I'm thinking of two friends in particular. Mm Mm-hmm you know, these are guys that are, you know, humorous, smart. Um, we have a good time and well, whatever. Um, smoking weed is not good for me. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm naming it. yeah.
1: And these friends in particular, one of the things we do is get high together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In addition to talk about the practice and mm-hmm. all those other good things. But over a couple of years, mm-hmm. I was like, no, I can't hang out with them. That's it.
0: Okay. So first of all, again, this is so real. I love it. I mean, because, you know, a lot of people would tell me the same thing privately. But, again, I think it is so cool that you can say out loud, it's so, it's so in the culture. And, you know, some people can get away with doing some things. Others know it's getting in the way. So the first thing, I just want to encourage you even if it's hard, and even if you don't extricate yourself so quickly, even if you do it more slowly, to honor that you have a really sincere intention, that, that you're on the right track, to forgive that you might not be able to pull it off as cleanly and quickly as you want to. Because how many of us know the right thing, the way we really should eat or exercise or what we shouldn't do, and do not stay aligned right to it? Most of us, right? You're all there, right? Yeah, okay, nodding heads. So what I found is that if we then get on our own case, it actually makes it worse. There's a way to have your intention be really clear and strong and still be forgiving to the extent that you don't immediately hop to. So just to explore that possibility of having both there and also seeing if sometimes it's really hard to let go of one thing unless there's something else that's really nourishing and to see what can fill it that feels engaging and creative and fun and alive and so on
1: uh, so you know my teacher recommended that i come here and make some new friends so okay
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> there you go well so are you available after we're done to talk to people and exchange email addresses yeah. okay thank you bless you yeah very cool Anybody else ready? Yeah, good. Thank you.
2: My name is Karen, and I actually just have a basic questions. Sure. I'm, I'm totally new to meditation, and sorry, I have a cold. But two questions. First of all, I'm confused on what you're supposed to do about your breathing, mm-hmm. um, whether you should be trying to just breathe naturally or do diaphragmatic breathing mm-hmm. or what have you. And, and the second thing I'm confused about is when you're not bringing your attention back to your breath and you're not sort of floating with your thoughts, what are you supposed to be thinking about if it's not nothing? And is it it, it okay? I mean, are you supposed to be like, or when you say like, you know, have a smiling heart, are you supposed to be imaging your heart smiling? Yeah, it's just basic.
0: No, it's actually, it's really good because... What you'll find, and this is true here and in a lot of places, you're gonna be given a lot of different techniques. In a way, it's a bit of a grab bag, because I'm kind of, I know that for some people it's very helpful to do a lot of relaxation through their bodies. And for others, it's really good to listen to sounds. And so I put out a lot of different possible ways. The goal is a kind of presence that you're actually, instead of in the trance of thinking, you're actually, your senses are awake. And do you know what I mean when I say that? That You're hearing the real sounds that are right here and you're feeling this, your body's aliveness, you're aware of your breath perhaps, you're aware of what mood's going on, but you're not lost in a story. So that's the goal and there are thousands of pathways into that presence, okay? So the most basic way to describe it is that there's a whole mess of techniques And then there's this kind of non-doing presence where you're just aware. And so what I'll offer you is a lot of the different, most well-known pathways into that presence. And at times I'll just say, now just try to rest and just be right here and just notice what's happening. And then there's nothing to land, there's no ground really. You're just kind of floating in this awareness. But now for your question about the breath. First of all, background. It'll be very helpful for you to um, listen to the um, four introductory podcasts. Um, You'll find that you'll do that and you'll kind of know the basic sequence. And this is for any of you that haven't gotten some of the, you know, kind of classical instructions. That's gonna be really helpful. Just listen to the beginner series. Also the how to meditate brochure and it's also on the website, it's for free, it's online. That'll also give you the basics. The breath is one of the best tools for coming into presence and you don't have to control it at all. I mean, there's all sorts of practices where you do special control breathing. But in this one, you're letting the breath be natural and you're just letting the attention rest lightly with it. And you find wherever it's easiest to pay attention to it. Okay, like some people it's right at the nose and some people it's chest pay attention where it's easiest and just keep relaxing with the breath. And it's a very powerful way of collecting you here. So you're not all scattered, you know, thinking this and thinking that. And then when the mind goes off, you just relax back and you kind of come back and rest with the breath. That's one of the most simple, basic practices to help you quiet down. Can I ask a
2: quick follow-up question? Yeah, yeah. Is sort of one of the goals to stay in that where you're present and you're noticing bodily sensations and sounds in the room and to try to stay in that and then when you stray to bring yourself exactly. back to that for as long as you can?
0: Exactly. Okay. So the, you said it really you've really got it, that just to recognize that's more the real experience than any thought you have about anything. Okay, thank you. There are other times that it's useful to do wise contemplation, like using your thoughts. It's not that thoughts are bad, but there's, we're so rarely quiet enough to sense the gap between the thoughts. Where, yeah. And only when you're in the gap between the thoughts can you directly contact love. If love is an idea, you're not really embodying it, right? So it's in these, it, this teaches you to have access to love, to creativity, To real wisdom because you can see nature as it is. You're not obscured by your ideas. Yeah, you got it, I think. Yeah, thank (laughs) you very much for speaking up. Yeah. Hey there.
3: Hi, I'm Debbie. Hey, Debbie. And fairly new to your program, so thank you, Tara. One of the reasons why I've been coming lately is because I have had to change my life and my approach to living. because I had some significant health challenges. So what I wanted to ask, how, I guess, just, you know, opening myself even more by coming forth mm. to
0: to healing through meditation. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Mm. When you say healing, do you mean healing of what the physically? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's it's that level of healing you're looking for right now. Right, and...
3: One thing that I've learned through this process is... Well, I guess taking in from Chinese medicine Mm -hmm. that I was... Well, what I learned through my acupuncturist was, you know, some of the, like, negative energy affected my body in a really not a good way. Mm -hmm. That it manifested itself in a certain way, which Mm -hmm. Western medicine has taken care of. Mm -hmm. But now that bad energy got into my my physical being so i'm trying to protect my my
0: being and mm-hmm. um that's why i come to meditation and just want to open myself up to you know more do you have a sense of how meditation can help you in that way
3: you know in some ways i think i'm still kind of new okay. you know and i'm also you know but i'm really eager right now you know because mm-hmm. i want to like just mm-hmm. whoo, wow mm-hmm.
0: just, Funnel it in. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Now. Now. Well, na- now is actually the best word on this uh-huh. one. Because yeah. the more you're now, the more you're actually here, like yeah. truly here. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we can all just take a moment to pause cause re- just to really get here again. That there's, there's a boundless healing that's possible way beyond physical healing when we start learning how to be in the center of Now so that our heart is truly without an armor. So our mind isn't locked into the kind of thoughts that stir up fight flight and energy that's not good for us. And so that our, on the most subtle level that presence can really sense just what's happening here. And that's where the healing comes from is for you, Debbie, it will be learning to notice the thoughts that you can tell intuitively, um, tighten your body and cause trouble. And there is, and this is true for all of us. We all have patterns of thinking that are absolutely correlate to physical tightness, to blocks in the heart and to physical disease. So that's a very true correlation. Mm -hmm. And I've seen many, many people, when they can begin to notice those thoughts, you're not going to live them out. You're not going to stay inside them. So just to notice them, bow to them. It's not like you are trying to vanquish them. It's like just saying, okay, I see you, but I don't have to believe you. Can you sense that? I see this thought, but I don't have to believe it. So it may be a thought of what's going to go wrong in the future that's tensing you up or a thought about what you should be doing differently that's going to tense you up. You don't have to believe it. You look questioning, so go ahead. I do. Okay.
3: Two things. One of the things that I've been observing, I've been really sensitive to when I have too much thought, it hurts my head, Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, as opposed to listening to my heart Mm -hmm. and what's going on. And so what I'm hearing is, observing some of the thoughts Mm -hmm. a friend of mine she once said something like there are many stories that can play through our head and it's the ones that we choose to believe that make Mm the difference Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. so let me just just Mm -hmm. keep it simple okay Mm -hmm. because you'll find that if you get too much into analyzing It'll actually be more thinking, so if you make your practice simple right now, Han, and it's really you know that you want to wake up out of thought so that you're living in a larger living reality, not caught in the habitual thoughts, just keep saying, "Come back, come back right here, and then bring a tremendous kindness to whatever you experience right here, and everything else will unfold from that, okay, okay, yeah, and thank you, thank you. yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Hi, I'm Randall. Um, Also, hi, relatively new to this. Um, And what I keep hearing and sort of experiencing is a lot of the discussion is about how you can be present, how you can be patient, how you can understand and be with your own fears and concerns. Um, But that sounds like it sometimes could be the palliative and not actually get you to act. Mm
0: -hmm. So how does
4: meditation help you not deal with the pain or fear you may have, but the actual issues that are causing that?
0: Mm -hmm. Could everybody hear that? It's a really important question. So, it, so what Randall Randall's saying is that a lot of the emphasis is on be with what's here, be with the pain, be with the fear, bringing loving kindness to it. But how does that help you to act in your life in a way that's wise and helpful and intelligent and compassionate? Yeah.
4: That was a little more eloquent than the way I said it. But it
5: you, you got across
0: the idea just fine. <laughs> so... Um, My experience is that the more I know how to come here and disentangle from blaming thoughts and judging thoughts, and the more I am aware of what emotion and what's going on in me, the more I can sense what's actually going on in you. That empathy is actually cultivated through being able to pay attention to our inner life. And when I am empathetic, and I am aware of what's around me, my actions are naturally more uh, spontaneously kind and intelligent. So it's like saying the attention you pay with meditation creates the atmosphere and groundwork for wise action in the world. It's what's behind it, it's what enables it. And I've often been asked that to do with acceptance because we talk a lot about you know, acceptance. Okay, so this person's acting that way and it brings up this in me. Okay, can I accept right now that this is going on? And it doesn't mean you're accepting that that person's acting in a harmful way. It means that you're accepting that this is your experience in this moment. I feel, I feel violated, I feel hurt, I feel angry, whatever. If you can really bring an acceptance and a kindness and a presence to what you're feeling, out of that presence, there will be the courage to set the boundaries or to express the truths or to take the actions you need. And it'll come in a way that's not reactive, that continues the cycles of violence. And this feels like the most important thing that we can remember, that if we don't pause and come into a meditative presence, our reactions to others are in the same tone, the same gear, they just continue the patterns that play out in this world. So these practices actually give us a chance to break patterns, to act, but act on a different scale in a way that's really helpful. So I, ho- I hope that begins to address what you're...
4: No, it does. No, thank you. Do you.
0: Is there something specific you're thinking of that you really don't see the connection between Well,
4: well... well I mean, I, I guess one example... And, and put your... Sorry, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. One example is just a, a relationship I have with a family member that's not been good for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like we have some of those reactive elements but I try to be calmer, or etc but it still doesn't it doesn't change it you know that the fact that I might meditate and I might act in a responsive way and I try doesn't necessarily change that relationship
0: does it change your experience of it
4: a- and maybe slightly in the sense that you know I'm maybe less hurt by it um, but but again that feels like it's a response to something which should be changed in some way
0: there but you're what the assumption is there's an expectation that something should be different. Some things we, you know, we could say, I, this should be a different weather system right now. This person should act differently and we can't control that. What we can do is bring as much clarity and presence and intelligence and creativity that we can bring to it. And, that, and then we have to let go and just let the ripples be as they may. At worst, the other person stays locked in their pattern, but you have more inner freedom and you've actually strengthened that so that you bring that somewhere else where it can actually flower even more. But the expectation that it, causes, that, that it then creates a change, you're better off than if you were just locked into the same old reactivity. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kristen.
5: I'll just pick right up where he left off. Yeah, because as close as you can.
0: Um, I, I actually wasn't going to get up, but then I, he really hit a, hit a note for me because mm-hmm. I had this situation just yesterday where I in, intellectually understand everything that you just said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it makes, all makes sense to me. But when I'm in the moment, in front of this family member, mm-hmm. it is like that.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: I can't talk myself down. So I'm
3: thinking of in that moment mm, when I'm like mm, that, mm-hmm. it, are there techniques that I could, without taking a break to go meditate with a candle and all that stuff, can I, are there things <laughs> that I can do
0: in the moment while she's in front of me just so I can, you know, because I can feel myself. It's a great question. Tell me your name again. Kristen. Kristen. So you all hear this question. When we get into those places where we are triggered, this is a question about when we're triggered and we're in the process of reacting in a way we wish we wouldn't, in the situation, what can we do? In the situation, there's both what you can do in the situation and what you can do preparing for the situation, and they're both really important. Just the way you might build your muscles once a week at the gym, but then if you have to go use them somewhere, that's in action. You need to build the, build the muscles for responding wisely as well as doing the in-the-moment stuff. In the moment, there may be something you can say to yourself that is helpful, that's a reminder. In the moment, you might say to yourself, just relax your hands right now. And it's amazing that if you can just relax your hands, or you might say to yourself, pause for four seconds before you say anything, just one, two, three, four. You know, it's like the little things that break and interrupt the routines, those are helpful. But there's a preparation when you're not in the situation that I think is really useful. I'd like to see how many of you, is this something that's, that's alive for you that you'd really, when well, you get caught in reactivity? Okay, let's do, let's do a very brief guided meditation and I wanna give you a sample of the way you can prepare, okay? I suspect there's not one of us that doesn't have a situation in our life that triggers us to react in a way we wish we wouldn't. So um, given that, the beginning of this guided meditation, and it's one, by the way, that I try to do in as many workshops as I can, because the more you do it, the better. It's not a been there, done that meditation. Let this be a pause, right this moment, and reinvite yourself, like just as if you're starting completely fresh. This is the first moment, just contacting the aliveness, feeling your breath, feeling your heart. just scanning your life and let come to mind a situation you'd like to have more presence in, that you'd like to be more resourceful in. Where you act in the past, you've acted in ways you regret it. Some recurrent situation that's easy for you to identify, that in some way brings out anger or hurt or fear guilt, shame, and then you in some way behave, you withdraw, you lash out, defensive, whatever it is. And it's as if you're watching a movie right now, just let that situation unfold Take some moments to really sense where it's taking place and the other players involved until you get to the frame of the movie where you're most emotionally stuck or reactive. But, and freeze it, don't, don't play out what you might do. Just freeze it there when you get there so you can investigate a little. Now, this freezing of the frame, this is the sacred pause. This is where we usually can't do it in real life, but you can in your contemplative moment right now. Just let yourself feel the, in the thick of it and what it's like so that you really experience fully what's happening inside you. In that moment with the family member or your partner or somebody it's a colleague or boss or whatever it is what are you believing what are you believing about how that person is relating to you or about what's going on that's most painful or difficult What's the worst part of this situation for you? You might sense what the strongest feeling is inside you. You Is it dislike or anger? Inadequacy? Fear? You really get a sense of what's going on inside you in that moment, more more presence inside the situation than usual, perhaps. Now continue the pause and imagine that you could step away, that you could instantly be transported to a a kind of peaceful, safe place where there's nothing threatening going on. Just transport yourself and just take a few breaths and sense that in a few moments out of this space that's non-threatening, that's safe, you're about to meet a being who's very wise, very compassionate. Just imagine that, that, that somebody now is appearing and it could be anyone that you would sense has compassion or wisdom, but just the one you're encountering right now. It could be Gandhi or Kuan Yin, the Bodhisattva of compassion. It could be a real person, Dalai Lama. It could be the Buddha or Mother Mary, Jesus. It could be someone you know personally, grandmother, child. It could be your dog. It's just sense who's here. could be more formless and that's fine too. But that this being wants to help you and it's gonna take over for a while by just inhabiting your body. So his or her energy is just gonna, and consciousness is just entering you right now and you're the invisible witness. So now this this being's consciousness is inside you. And first notice what that's like. How do you experience in your body having this compassionate, wise being living here in you. Just notice the changes, your body, your heart, your mind. now you're gonna be transported back into the situation and this being is gonna take over. And just notice how he or she uses your body and your voice and so on, but how this being responds, how this consciousness responds. And you might notice first what the intention of this being is in dealing with the situation. What's the outcome this consciousness is trying to go for? What's important? What outcomes wanted. Sense the sincerity and depth of that intention from the perspective of this wise awake being. And through the eyes and heart of this being, what does this being perceive about the others involved? Seeing past the mask, what's going on for the others? Is there vulnerability perceived behind the mask? What does she or he say or do? How does this being respond to the situation? noticing what happens as the witness. And when you're finished, just go back to where you found that being and you can switch so that you're you're fully here, feeling your breath and your body and the being is still around you, still there. And listen, because here she's gonna whisper in your ear some words of advice, something you can remember, some message that'll be valuable for you when you're back in those circumstances to remember. So just listen. imagine in the days and months to come when the situation arises that you can pause, even if it's for a very short time. And in some way, remember what matters. Remember that you have access to the wisdom of your heart. So when you're ready, opening your eyes, please. So now let me ask you some questions. And you don't have to come to the mic for this. I'll repeat what you say, but speak loudly. Who came, who showed up? Let's hear a little bit about who was in the room. So just raise your hand and I'll point to you. Who who showed up, yep. My grandfather. Your grandfather, lovely. That's very good, yeah. Who else? Yeah, your father, yeah. Your first psychiatrist, hey, cool. (laughs) Glad to have that in the room. Yeah. Who else? Yeah. The Dalai Lama. I'm glad he was here too. Yeah. A light energy. So it was more formless for you. Yeah. Yeah. That happens for me also. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. An older, wiser version of you. How many found that you had a version of you there that just felt? Yeah. So that happens because. Yeah. What were you? Yeah. Beautiful, so the sense of your own self with the blessings of all the beings that are wise and compassionate, kind of that you embodied it. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Yeah. Mm. Your mother. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's lovely. Thank you, your mother. So who else? Yeah, let's hear from a few other people. Anybody up in the balcony? Anybody come, yeah seven-year-old daughter. Thank you. Uh, the,
5: embodiment
0: of the embodiment of compassion. Like Kuan like Yin or one of the Bodhisattvas kind of thing. Uh, the idea is
5: kind
0: of Beautiful. So just a kind of a figure of compassion. Beautiful. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah, in the back over there. A red fox. A red fox. All right. Let's hear it for the animal kingdom. <laughs> So a lot of uh, beings of wisdom here in River Road Unitarian Church <laughs> in Bethesda. That's lovely. So let me ask another question. How did it feel in your body when, the, when that wise being came in? What did you notice in your physical body? Yeah. So there's a feeling of shifting and sitting much straighter and stronger. Beautiful. Just a few words and just say it loudly. Yeah. Ah, so when that entered you, it was kind of relaxing, kind of relaxing back in a way. Yeah, lovely, very cool, yeah. Uh, A release. Released, so there's some tightness, something released. Beautiful, yeah, yeah. Self-assurance. I'm sorry? Self-assurance. Self-assurance, there's some quality of self-assurance. That's a lovely word, yeah, nice. Health. Health. Held, oh, beautiful. So you felt held, yeah, nice. Anyone else? Yeah. Love. Love, so you felt the love fill you. Very nice. Okay, yeah. Lightness. lightness. How many of you notice that, a kind of lightness? Yeah, yeah, that happens to me too. Yeah. The first much in my phone. Yeah, yes, yes. When we're stressed, and this is this is a universal, when we're stressed, our vision gets narrower, our attention gets fixated, we get tighter, and like that. When we begin to relax open, there's actually a real expansiveness of our sensitivity. So that's very physicalized. That's very good, yeah. So, yeah, in the back, that'll be the last one. Calmer, calmness, lovely. So what was the intention in the situation that you contacted like what did that wise compassionate being what was the intention if you can just say in a few words I mean if it's more than a few words go to a mic but it'd be very interesting to hear a few of you just share what intention you noticed for dealing with the situation yeah up there trying to understand their perspective, trying to understand their perspective. how many had something like that that you wanted to see beautiful seeking to understand that's Nine tenths of the way there. Good. Yeah. Were you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say concern, for concern for the other person. So it little, instead of such a self-focus, it was like, okay, so what's going on for you? Beautiful. Yeah. Support. Support, support for me. So in some way to give support. To, mm-hmm. Yeah. Giving love instead of trying to solve, did you say? Lovely. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Letting go. Letting go. Okay, so there's a sense in that situation of rather than holding on to it being a certain way, a letting go, creating some space there. Nice. Yeah. I felt a little bit of a struggle with my... So, let me, so let, me, let me ask you a question. So when you encountered some wise, compassionate being. You felt a little bit of a conflict because you were waiting for something but not really getting the answer. Now, in this practice, and by the way, I love it when somebody said, well, you know, it didn't quite work so nice and neat for me because, of course, it does. It, you know, this is a, gui- a guided practice that for some people can really open up a lot and others, they actually encounter something that really needs attention and it brings something else to, op- to pay attention to. So it's not like there's one nice, happy, tied up in bows and ribbons ending. If you think they're supposed to be, then you're gonna end up, there's like hundreds of these guided meditations, you're gonna end up thinking you did it wrong or that something's wrong with the meditation. So, so I really appreciate a different kind of voice. So thank you. Um, this, this is to me a life practice where we, in some way sense, We call on wisdom and compassion. Now, we might think we're calling on our grandfather or our father or the Dalai Lama or whatever. We're using some embodiment to come home to where that wisdom and compassion lives in our own being. Does that make sense? So this is a bridge. It's a useful bridge because when we're stuck, we're kind of separated from that sense of our own resourcefulness. So you're using where you know it is in the world to re... Connect you to carry you back into your own awakened heart and mind. And for some people, as soon as you even said, well, okay, a compassionate wise being, it actually appeared to be your own being. So the bridge can happen very quickly because I think you brought that up. But sometimes not only does somebody appears, but there's not a sense that, that we're really gonna let that being embody or inhabit our being. And for you, it was still this other out there. The next step is to sense, well, what would it be like if that compassion, I was actually feeling with that heart myself and I was looking through the eyes. So flip it so that that being's inside you because otherwise your own doubts and fears are going to create a static. Does that make sense? So the next step is to, to play with it and sense, okay, I'm looking through the eyes and it could be for you, it might be through my own highest self, not to set up a duality, but just say, I'm looking through the eyes of my own wisdom and I'm looking and I'm feeling with the heart of my, that's the most awake heart that can exist right here. And then sense from that perspective, what can I learn? And just play and see, okay? So thank you. Yeah,
5: yeah. you, you had... the question is, Empathy and compassion. If you feel you have a heart full of that and in my family, primary family that I was, you know, part of, I was subtly trained to be hypervigilant because of circumstances. And I went into a service providing field of working with parents and families. Then there's boundaries so you don't soak in everybody's feelings. You know, I've worked on that a long time. So it sort of plays with what we were doing to then where your pores are wide open and you get to a point in your life where you're feeling other people's feelings, boundaries.
0: Can you address that with the meditation? Because that's... So there are different degrees of maturity and compassion. There is the beginning of compassion where you have a sense of empathy or relatedness to what other people feel. But if there's fear, if it's vigilant, if you're having to take the role all the time as the one to take care of, that's, that means there's some sort of a twist or a torque or something that's unresolved about the compassion. So it's not really free-flowing and as wise it could, as it could be. In the in the Tibetan tradition, they call it sometimes idiot compassion, where you where you have no boundaries and it it's not like appropriate situationally, and so in those cases where the sensitivity came out of a fearful past, where you had to be highly aware of what was going on for everyone around you and take care of everybody so that you were either accepted or safe. In those situations, the compassion needs for quite a while to be very much focused on your own healing. Like what does this heart need? And maybe it needs boundaries more. Maybe it needs safety. Maybe it needs distance from certain people. Maybe it needs not to do service that is actually grounded in self-protection more than it is in a real flow of of wanting to give. So turn the compassion inward first. And it may be for a few years even that there's some healing work in that way. And then you'll find that the compassion's um, much more of a wise kind of compassion. Does that resonate for you? Yeah, thank you for bringing that in.:
5: Yeah. I wanted just to follow up on this young lady's when she said she was really, really strong emotion and she didn't have an answer. And when we did the exercise and I brought someone, it wasn't quite enough, so I brought someone else. And then all of a sudden the shift became, "I'm not alone." I didn't mm-hmm. have the answer. I was really pissed off. Mm-hmm. really pissed off. <clears throat> but it became more about, "I'm not alone like yeah i 'm not alone, and that there was some so good parent, energy
0: how is that not an answer
5: Did it well, didn 't have the answer, and it was okay. it was like i 'm not alone in this we're like yeah.
0: but you came to your place, yeah
5: it was okay. like being here it was it was yes. kind of cool,
0: <laughs> so sometimes that is the message like that if you can just remember you 're not alone, immediately the sense of the um, the fear and the, the boundary that keeps others out starts softening and you feel here again. Yeah. So I'm aware that it's uh, five to nine and I'd be just, because I, I want to be able to close with a, a little bit of meta practice with you, but I'd love to hear from a few people what your message was, what you learned, if you felt like you had one. And again, if you didn't, just know that that's an invitation to keep paying attention. Yeah. Be clear. Thank you. Yeah. It's not about me. Not about me. That's a great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not over. <laughs>
5: yeah. Yeah. You're
0: already, You're already safe. Beautiful. Yes, in the back over there.
1: It's not that serious.
0: It's not that serious. That's really good to not be so grim. Yeah. Yes. Oh, could you all hear that one? My relationship with this person is worth more than trying to change them. Ah, if we could always remember that. Thank you. Yeah. Ah, watch the stories you believe and tell yourself they may not be true. Yeah. Yeah. Femi. Laugh. Laugh. Yeah, that can be as good as anything in the world, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, please. Uh, show up, make room and listen. Show up, make room, and listen. Mm. By the way, each one, as you're saying this, it's good transmission because if you it's like we're, if we can remember each other's, it's good, too. <laughs> yeah. My are your, I'm sorry, your daughter. Daughters are your daughters are benefiting from this. Mm, so remembering how it ripples out, what's, yeah. Yeah. I need to learn to be myself. To reveal, I need to learn to be myself. Oh. This is good. To be understood by this person, I need to reveal myself better. Because how often is it that we want something to be different, and out of anger we try to make it different, but then they don't see the vulnerability and the truth of who's there, so they can't respond with compassion. They just defend against our anger. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah.
5: Forgive them. They know not who they
1: are or what
5: they do.
0: <laughs> Forgive them They know not who they are Or what they do And neither do you <laughs> so it's, it's like I'm not okay You're not okay And it's okay Okay <laughs> Well, I wanna thank you all because this is, we're gonna stop because it's time, but um, this is great. You've all been great teachers on this stuff. So uh, let me ask you, how many of you actually like once in a while, maybe once every month or once every two months having this format instead of a straight Dharma talk? And I see by so many like having a bit of the questions and exploring maybe an exercise or something. That's helpful feedback because I love it, I love to hear from you and hear what's, uh, what you're learning and what's challenging because it, it teaches me. So I thank you, really. Um, I'm very grateful, especially those of you that were so new and, and were willing to jump right in. Please know that even though you're new, you're very much a part of our community here. So let's just take a few moments in closing. Metta or loving kindness, one of the most beautiful translations of the word is friendliness. Just to invite you to explore what that means if you could imagine a really pure friendliness towards your inner experience right this moment. So that however it is, there's a quality of interest and care and acceptance that your relationship with yourself is worth more than trying to change yourself right now. You can be with. You might sense from that friendliness, whatever wish you'd like to offer for yourself right now. And opening up your attention to sense the field that's here, just the feeling tone of the field, the goodwill, the kindred spirits that we're all wanting to be more honest, more open-hearted, more awake. And just sense what happens when we come together with those intentions, just the warmth of the spirit here and sense your wish for others here. Holding all of us in your heart, sensing our shared heart, the space of hearts, that's really boundless that we belong to this field of care that really is edgeless, that includes all beings everywhere. So we close tonight with a very simple prayer that all beings everywhere might be filled with loving presence, they might feel held in loving presence, they might accept themselves as they are, deeply forgiving, deeply kind. That all beings everywhere awaken to see the truth of what is, to see the truth of their own nature, to live from that truth, live from that wholeness, live from that radiance of heart and spirit. And I wish that all beings everywhere awaken and be free.